Accenture ends annual review and admits Earth orbits the sun. This post first appeared September 28, 2015. Recently, I read an article from the Washington Post titled, In Big Move, Accenture Will Get Rid of Annual Performance Reviews and Rankings, which was in a section called On Leadership. I like my headline better, though it has probably blown any shot I had to work at Accenture. To classify this as somehow a bold or big move, place it in a section titled On Leadership, only highlights the complete lack of scientific understanding of what actually works and does not work. This is not leadership, but a damning indictment of the lack of leadership in the workplace. The real issue is this is big news, and it takes companies so long to not only admit the obvious, but to act on overwhelming scientific evidence suggests that some of their unquestioned practices are utterly wrong-headed. In the case of annual reviews, we have such a wealth of evidence they do not work, it is amazing so few companies have actually done away with them. Daniel Pink, in his wonderful book Drive, states, quote, Performance reviews are rarely authentic conversations. More often, they are the West's form of kabuki theater, highly stylized rituals in which people recite predictable lines in a formulaic way and hope the experience ends very quickly, end quote. Pink's book has been out for six years now, but it is based on scores of science that was conducted years and decades prior to its publication. We do not need to look any further than W. Edward Deming, who wrote way back in 1986 in his seminal book, Out of the Crisis, that annual reviews are deadly disease number three, and the performance appraisal nourishes short-term performance, annihilates long-term planning, builds fear, demolishes teamwork, nourishes rivalry and politics. It leaves people bitter, crushed, bruised, battered, desolate, despondent, dejected, feeling inferior, some even depressed, unfit for work for weeks after receipt of a rating, unable to comprehend why they are inferior. It is unfair, as it ascribes to the people in a group differences that may be caused totally by the system that they work in. What amazes me most about this annual Kabuki Theater is everyone intimately involved with the system, managers and frontline employees, literally hates this process. Even if people at the top of the company bury their heads in the sand when it comes to real scientific evidence, how can they fail to acknowledge the tidal wave of anecdotal evidence from their own people? Steve Jobs was once asked how he learned to run a company in his early 20s since he had no formal business training. His answer sheds a great deal of light on why only 6% of Fortune 500 companies have gotten rid of annual reviews and rankings, though the evidence is overwhelming that they do not work. You know, throughout the years in business, I found something which was I'd always ask why you do things. And the answers you invariably got are, oh, that's just the way it's done. Nobody knows why they do what they do. Nobody thinks about things very deeply in business. That was from Steve Jobs in the Lost Interview. So, if Jobs was right, as I believe him to be, then a plausible explanation would be that even highly compensated CEOs are unable to properly ask the why of things 
Or perhaps top-down control has led to a culture where why is not asked out of fear or complacency. I would guess the CEO of Accenture, since he is quoted in the article, was the decision-maker of this big move. While he may think himself progressive since he is on the vanguard with respect to his peers, the more appropriate why to ask would be, why did it take so long, and why haven't others made the change? Or maybe, which CEO will be next to admit that the world is indeed round?